verbs that I am going to summarize the chapter for uh, time's sake, and it's Second uh, Chronicles chapter 20 in your Bible, if you, if you want to follow along with me. In Second uh, Chronicles chapter 20, in this chapter we learn from Jehoshaphat four keys that can lead us to victory when we're in battle. I want to go through all four of these keys, but at the end, I want to I want to focus on the last key a little longer than I do the others. The battles we face often seem overwhelming, but the Lord has a plan of victory in His Word. How many know that the Lord is on our side? He's fighting for us, and He has a plan of victory for us. In verses 1 and 2 of 2 Chronicles, verse 20, a massive army came against the children of Israel. Jehoshaphat was facing the greatest external threat of his reign. The Ammonites and others from Syria were plotting to crush Judah with incredible odds against them. There's nothing like a, a sudden attack, but there's also... Nothing like an attack you see coming and you're wondering, what am I going to do about it? Worried about it. Fear sets in. And to wait and to know that it's coming. So this is where the children of God found themselves. In verses 3 through 5, although Jehoshaphat feared, he resolved to get down on his face and pray and state his case. He humbled himself before the Lord, which resulted at the end of this chapter, the greatest victory that he had ever experienced. How many want to experience the greatest victory in your life? So the first key to victory in this battle is what we all know, and that is prayer. Prayer gives us strength. It clears our head. It gives us peace, it gives us direction, and it helps us hear from God. So he called for prayer, but also Jehoshaphat called for a fast throughout all of Judah. The second key to victory in our battles is fasting. Now I'm going to take a poll in here. How many of you like to fast? <laughs> If you're like me, if the, the pastor calls us to a fast, I'm sitting there thinking, okay, if I give up this, which is going to be harder to do, this or this, I'm going to give up the least that's going to be hardest to do. And we're going to talk about that in, in a little bit. So fasting is one of the hardest things to do because it crucifies the flesh. And it is the evidence of of urgency. Fasting is an outward indication of an inward sincerity. But if you notice, Jehoshaphat did not do this alone, but he pulled together support, and we, when we are in this fierce battle, we need to bring our complaint to God, pull together people that can support us in prayer. Those people who you know that will pray earnestly, They'll get down on their knees with you every day 
and they will pray sincerely for you. If you don't have friends like that, my suggestion is that you round you up a group of people like that to help you pray when you're in the midst of a battle. Also, during our times of battle, we need to be cautious in our conversations regarding our battle. Should we rehearse our complaint over and over? The more we focus on the battle and keep rehearsing it or continually talking about it, we are focused on defeat rather than the answer and victory. God has victory for us and it was accomplished on the cross. And let me let you in on a little secret tonight, unless you already know your battle's already been won. Yeah, through victory on the cross and through Jesus Christ. Verses 14, verses 6 through 13, King Jehoshaphat stated his helplessness in his situation by saying, We don't know what to do. We have no power. Are you not God? But despite all that surrounded him, despite what he saw, despite what he felt, his eyes were upon the Lord. In verses 14 and 15, the Lord spoke through Jehaziel and said, Don't be afraid, for the battle is not yours, but mine. So the third key to victory in battle is to have faith. To believe, to stand solid, to be firm, to be stable, to have faith is pleasing to God. The promise of the Lord through the prophet Jehaziel gave God a design plan of attack. And this should be comfort to us that God has got our back. So say with me today, the battle is the Lord's. Verse 16 and 17 says, although the battle was the Lord's, God still required them to participate in the battle. We can't just say, well, the battle is yours, Lord, so I'm just going to go home and rest while you take care of it. Even though the Lord told them they would not have to fight in this battle, they were still required to position themselves to go out and face the enemy to stand still and not fear or be dismayed. They were to be reassured that God was with them. The enemy, number one attack besides attacking your mind, is using fear, using discouragement to get us to back down in our battles. God told them to go out to face the enemy and he would be with them. So what God is saying to us is to face our battles. Do not run from it. Don't turn your back on it. Plant your feet. Hold your head up. And he will show you victory like you have never seen. So repeat with me. Victory is mine. In verses 18, 18 through 20, after the word from the Lord Jehoshaphat stood and said, Believe in the Lord your God. Then they all bowed and worshiped despite the oncoming battle, despite the chance of losing their lives and their family. The fourth key to victory that I want to spend a little bit of time on is praise. 
Praise became a weapon of their warfare. Victory happens when we worship. Our worship is not just to be in this church, but we should continually have a praise upon our lips and a sacrifice of praise as well. And that's in Hebrews 13 and 15. This is even when we don't feel like it, which most of the time we don't feel like it. We don't want to praise. We're sick. We don't feel good. We're depressed. We're this. We're that. But we're still supposed to lift our voice and praise the Lord, even if we don't see the answer or the results. In verses 21 through 24, when King Jehoshaphat had consulted the people, he appointed those who would lead the army with singing and with shouting unto the Lord while going before a massive army. So just pick, kind of picture that in your, your minds, if you will. If you were one of those chosen to be on that front line of that massive army, army to sing and shout unto the Lord... How would you feel? I think I might have felt a little bit nervous in the beginning. So if I'm standing here on that line, in my nervousness, maybe their proclamation was like this. How great is our God. Sing with me how great is our God, and all will see how great, how great is our God. May have not, it might have started out a little bit soft on that front line, but then as they saw, as it explains in chapter 20, the Lord was working on their behalf, standing still, I believe they might have felt a boldness and a strength arise up within them, and their proclamation started to sound like this. He's the name above all names, worthy of all praise, and my heart will sing how great is our God. He's the name above all names, worthy of all praise. And our hearts will sing how great is our God. And as they're standing there and they're singing unto their Lord and they're, they're worshiping the Lord and they're shouting unto the Lord, something began to happen. Right before their eyes, the Lord confused the enemy who came against Judah and their song and shout could have sounded like this. There's a breaking in my favor. There's a shifting in my direction. There's a 
breaking in my favor as I praise. So here's what happened. The enemy started killing each other and were defeated. As Judah looked toward the multitudes, he, they saw dead bodies. No one had escaped. They did not have to take a step. They did not have to lift, lift a finger or exert an energy other than in their praise. And in our battles, our praise will lead us to victory. So let me tell you what praise does. Praise gets the focus off of ourselves and back to God. Praise brings us to a place of humility where we are dependent on him. We can't do one thing without him. Praise makes the enemy flee, and it gives us authority. He is under our feet. Praise leaves no room for complaining or negativity. Praise makes room for God's blessings over our lives. Praise invites the presence of the Lord, and he dwells close to us. How many wants the Lord to dwell close to you? Praise, our spirits are refreshed, our spirits are renewed, we are strengthened, we are refueled, and the last thing, praise paves the way for God's power to be displayed and miracles happen. So I wanted to, to do all of this because I feel like that I want you guys to come forward and I want to spend a season of time in praise to the Lord. And when you get up here, here's what you, you, what you need to praise him for, plus whatever else you think of. Praise him for what he's done for you. Praise him for what he's going to do for you. Praise him for his goodness. Praise him for his faithfulness. Praise him for who he is. Praise him for the cross. Praise him for the blood. And let's give him a sacrifice of praise tonight. And through our praise, through your praise, and whatever circumstance that you're going through, whatever trial, whatever struggle that you may have, that you can have victory in your life. So as you'll begin to come, and if I can get John and Miranda to come up to the to the platform and lead us in a, as we praise in a little bit of music. He is a good God. He is a good God. And we should never cease 